Have you ever heard that couples who fight well do well? That's what we're talking about today is one way specifically that we can fight better so that we can be stronger as a couple. Welcome to the Person, Partner, Parent podcast. We're all about pursuing a life where you can be a great parent, enjoy a loving relationship, and chase your own dreams. It's not necessarily about equal balance, but shifting with change and challenges that come before us. It's about discerning what matters and what we need to focus on. I am your host, Nancy Elizabeth. I'm a mom of two small humans and one fur baby. I'm a partner of 15 years and wife of nine. I'm an engineer who didn't want the corporate world, but armed with a love of research, I became a self-improvement enthusiast who has a burning desire to experience life in its fullest. Now I'm ready to take what I've learned, bring in the experts, and help us all figure it out. Let's get started. Today is about relationships, the partner part of person, partner, parent. We're going to be talking about specifically how you fight or when you're fighting with each other, how you see each other in that conflict. So I don't care how awesome you are or well-matched you are. Even the best couples have conflict. It's just going to happen to all of us. It may look very different, but we all have it. My relationship is with Andrew. He's been my husband of 10 years this year. Overall, we've been together just under 16 years. In that time, we've been through a lot. We've had issues with family. We have the unknown of military life. We've had medical emergencies for both Andrew and myself. We walked through miscarriage. And anyone who's a parent can just tell you how parenting pushes you to an edge you didn't know you had or uncovers things that you were previously able to kind of go through life covering up. Uh, In that time, we went from being 18 and 20 to 34 and 36. So in that time, we've become new people four and five times over. We've grown. We've changed. We're not the same people we were when we met. When we fight, it's not a screaming match. It's just our different styles. I talk to death. I am such an auditory processor. Probably good that I'm doing a podcast since I like to talk a lot. (laughs) I'm always reading. I'm always analyzing. I can be fiery and passionate. I feel desperate to be heard and understood. So what happens is if you don't respond at all or well enough... (laughs) I repeat myself, and I'm just going to keep going and dive deeper and deeper and deeper and talk in circles if I need to, which I need to work on that. But my husband, he is passive and internal. He doesn't like to state his feelings outwardly. Um, He tends to have, I, I tease him, the poker face, like literally blank face, and I can't read him. Part of this that's good, though, is that he's slow to anger, and he's very logical. So 
with me talk, talk, talking and him giving me little to nothing, but I can see actively listening, it just doesn't get to screaming for us. It's Sometimes it may feel like that inside, but there is no verbal back and forth screaming. It's <laughs> a silent scream inside for both of us. So it's not that the passion isn't there for some of these couples that have more volatile fights. It's just expressed in a different way. We're both crazy stubborn. I will dig in. He just kind of nods and keeps quiet. Sometimes, though, if he's really convicted, he'll just nod at me and then go do what he wants to later, which I've caught on to recently and I'm not super thrilled about. And I've told him how much it hurts me. So kind of like I said before, there is so much more silence than yelling in our fights. And I find it extremely painful because I am that auditory processor. I am that emotional feeler. I I need to be acknowledged. I need active listening and response. So I just kind of drown in our fights. I get really frustrated. A lot of this ties to our Enneagram types, which I won't go too much into that today, but that is so revealing and so powerful. We are definitely going to do a bunch of episodes about that. But to tell you, I am an Enneagram type one. I've tried to resist this, but I am. I definitely, every test I take, every book I read on the subject, I'm a type one. I like to do the right thing because it's the right thing to do. And I have a terrible, terrible inner voice, a terrible inner critic that I have battled my entire life. My husband is the type nine. He is the great mediator and he likes to avoid conflict. Makes sense, right? So understanding this and our dynamic has been the greatest tool in understanding how we fight and conflict. So your conflict dynamic may be the same as ours, may look similar, or it may be very different. You may both be passive, you may both be auditory, or you can have one or the other or a combination, or you can have two who are very aggressive um, and who, you know, some people just process that way and getting loud and the yelling. But even those who are passive, like I was saying, we're telling stories in our head. If you're not saying it out loud, there's still a rhetoric happening behind the scenes. So when I talk about what we say about our partner, I'm talking about in your head as well as out loud. So no matter what your conflict style is, this applies. So let's enter our conflict. For Andrew and I, sometimes we fight really well. And by that, I mean we fight efficiently, and we're quite proud of that title. We find a way to process, decide, and move forward. We're very logical and pragmatic about a lot of things. Uh, my husband, Andrew, isn't emotionally attached to a lot of things. So as long as I can kind of keep myself in a certain headspace, we can pragmatically go at a lot of things. Except when we don't. So one of us or both of us is being passionately stubborn, that we can't see past certain things, we're leaving things unsaid. At this point, we're not fighting well. There are hurt feelings. Neither of us is feeling supported. There's no resolution in sight. At that point, I think you guys can relate. We need something. That might be a method of communicating, conflict resolution skills, therapy, Guys, I am a huge, huge fan of therapy for individuals, for couples. It is not an indicator that you are broken or that there is something wrong with you or that mentally 
something isn't right. And you know what? If something mentally isn't right, that's okay too because we all need to take care of our mental health like our physical health. Therapy is something you can proactively do because we have very complex, very stressful lives and relationships. And it's just being proactive. It's just taking care to learn the skills that you need to deal with anything, to process anything. So huge fan of therapy, whether it be long-term, short-term, wherever, use it, be proud of it, talk about it. That's awesome. So these are all things that we can talk about at length in other episodes, but none of that can be done in the moment of conflict, right? Some of it can be done later that night or over the weekend or in a few weeks when the chaos of whatever crisis you might be in has passed. But what I want to talk about today is something that you can do right now, something you can do in the middle of the conflict to soften your hearts and change the way you approach conflict with your partner. And what it is, is the mindset, mind shift change that you are for one another. Think about it. You are two individuals choosing to walk through life together. No matter how alike or well-matched, you're two unique people. Every morning you wake up and you choose one another. Again and again and again. So hopefully you want what's best for this person. You want to be happy and you want them to be happy. You can think of it as you are for them, not against them. Another way to think of this, to say it, is that you're on their team. We're on the same team. I think a lot of people relate to that language a bit better. This doesn't mean, I think people are thinking like, well, they did this to me and, and, and you know, they've been really awful. Yes, this doesn't mean that your feelings or your grievances don't exist or have good merit. It's just a reminder of your ultimate goal, that love is what you began with in this journey and what you want to remain when you're getting past this conflict. You still want to love each other. You still want to have kind hearts to each other. So what this mindset does is it changes how you individually approach the conversation. Because as we know, you can't change the other person. What we can do is change ourselves. Now you can have them listen to this episode or talk to them about this approach. And maybe both of you can try this in conflict, which is a great idea. My husband and I have done that. But for now, what you can do is change how you approach the conversation. The goal is not to be right. The goal is not to win. It's not you versus them. It's both of you versus the problem or crisis or issue. You want to find resolution and move forward together. So I want to tell you a personal story. My husband's job means that he's gone a lot and that when he is home, his hours are really long and erratic. We don't know his schedule for the next day until the evening before. And he can easily be working a night shift or night flight or early morning, or just a typical middle of the day. It's just, it's kind of all over the place. So my kids are really young, but when they were super young, so when I had an infant and a toddler, I was in this place where I was just really frustrated because I didn't have any childcare. My oldest wasn't in preschool yet, so I was with the kids 24-7. So sometimes that meant, you know, 13, 14 hours of straight parenting. And I think any mom or dad can tell you that that's just an intense amount of time to deal with the needs of a small person without any kind of real break in adult interaction. So 
to try to shorten this, I would be really frustrated. I would be tired. I would have tried to cook a nice dinner and trying to have more time around the table as a family. My husband had just gotten home from a deployment and we missed him, quite frankly. So yeah, having dinner was something I really wanted, but I didn't know when he was coming home. It's five o'clock, six o'clock, seven. And I was really frustrated because sometimes he wouldn't be coming home till eight, but I held dinner till 6.30 or so with small kids. And if I had known he was coming home at eight, I just would have fed the kids earlier, put them in the bath and bed and, you know, gotten into that precious mommy time or alone adult time that we can have once the kids are asleep in that young, young age, especially because I was still waking to breastfeed in the middle of the night. So I was just frustrated. And he would come home and I was just so angry. I had in his absence, told all these stories. He doesn't even care. He prioritizes his job over us. I bet he doesn't even miss us. When he goes on these work trips, he gets to go out to dinner. And it's so great to be him. He has no idea what it's like to be home with the kids all day. You know, meanwhile, he's told me how upsetting he finds it when he's away from the kids and missing especially large spans of time. But I didn't want to acknowledge any of that. I was just really upset. So he'd walk into the house and I was already frustrated and fuming. And yeah, things just were going downhill and we were fighting about it a couple times a week. And so at some point I was able to have some self-care, get into a better headspace, calm down. And I started evaluating things. And I looked at this and I was like, man, Andrew, we are just fighting a couple times a week, and I am so frustrated with you before you even walk in the door. Like, you have no chance once you walk in that door. I'm just going to lay into you because I'm so mad. But I love you, and I want to have a nice night with you, and I want you to have time with the kids. And this dynamic just isn't serving us. So we decided to have this mindset of we are for one another, that my goal isn't just to be mad at you. Your job is your job, and we committed to that. And it's kind of not fair of me to be so frustrated with you. But yes, you know, I am making my best efforts to have family time and do these things. So what can we do that fixes this? That where I feel informed and I can be empowered to make better choices so I'm less overwhelmed and that we have that family time together and that by the time you come home, I'm not extremely upset at you. So it took us just kind of thinking, it's not me versus you. It's not you trying to hurt me. It's not you trying to ignore your family. It's you doing the job that, quite frankly, allows me to be home with the kids and working hard. So we just established a different pattern of communication that the best he can, he gives me a head up by a certain time of day. Hey, I know my meetings are going to run late. I estimate that this is my time home. And we just kind of developed this new pattern so I knew what to expect going forward. Or I told him, you just have to break up with the idea of having a warm dinner because sometimes it's just not going to be. And I'm going to do what's best for the kids on the nights that they need it. And it just, it is what it is. So my example in that is that we chose to see us against the problem instead of me versus him. And it just changed our whole way we approach the problem. We could look and see what it is and together come up with a solution. So what this mindset communicates, you are for one another, is you are safe with me. That even in anger, you want to be building safety and trust. And what that means is your relationship 
is a place to share feelings, your deepest fears, your biggest dreams, without mockery, without name-calling, without dismissal. You may be like, but what if my partner wants to open a donut shop in Antarctica with hula-dancing waitstaff? That's ridiculous. Well, okay, Jessica, but what if things were flipped? What if you shared your deepest desire and your partner met you in an unsafe way? Let's say you shared your deepest dream to go back to school and they said you weren't smart enough or that it was silly or that it just didn't make sense right now financially. You'd be hurt, right? Maybe devastated. And it would change and damage your relationship. You wouldn't want to share again. Or maybe you wouldn't feel good enough and you felt that from the person that you love the most that you're not good enough. Maybe you doubted yourself. Maybe you had anger. How dare they? So you probably closed off. You put up walls and you want to prove them wrong. If, you know, it doesn't mean that their point isn't has merit as well. If the financials don't work, if different things don't work, you know, all those things are still truths. But they can be discussed in a kind way. They can be explored. They can be debated. It can be a conversation. But when you pour out your heart, you want your partner to receive that in a supportive way first. So I'm not saying that you're going to agree 100% of the time as well. You might not reach perfect resolution on everything you face. But no matter what, you can respond to the situation or treat each other with kindness. Let's think about it in a larger context to try to connect it. Say you are debating politics in current society. This is something we're going to see a lot in the next year. You get mad when someone blatantly makes assumptions and accusations, holding so tightly onto their point of view, and they're unwilling to hear and respect yours. You probably won't agree, but don't you wish that you could talk and hear each other with basic kindness? Don't you wish that they would just understand why you're so left or so right? Because you have deep personal convictions on that. You have beliefs on what you think it'll do for our country. Let's use another example. What about when we're teaching our children? Don't we want to model to them how to resolve even the most basic conflict? My turn. Do we let them scream and yell and call names? Or do we ask them to find a way to make it work? Take turns, share, wait a few minutes, find a way to play together, or move on to something new together. Our kids watch how we handle conflict. We are their greatest teachers. So if we're approaching the conflict, I can't believe you did that, and how dare you, how could you, you don't even care about me. No, this is mine, this money is mine, it's not yours. If that's how we're treating our partner, the person that we've committed to share the rest of our lives with, what is that showing to kids? Oh, you guard what's yours. You name call when you're frustrated and you're not getting things done the way you want them to be. So let's think about how we want to create that safe place for you and your partner to say what you need to say, to express, to both air what your perspective is in the conflict or crisis without hurting each other and being positive and you versus the problem. So how do we do that? Let's say we're in a situation. You feel wronged. They did something or said something that hurt you. Or maybe you're convicted one way or another. 
we should definitely sell the house and we need to move to X city. So think about how can I share that? How can I say how I feel without hurting my partner? How can I present my argument in a way that I can address my needs? I can gain the help or the apology that I need to hear. I can share my perspective on whether we move or not or sell the house or not without hurting my partner. I can't believe you want to move to Montana. That's so dumb. Who wants to live near your family? I mean, just think about when we get really heated in these conflicts, the things we say and how they hurt. How can I hear and accept their feelings so that they feel safe to share with me? Maybe there's more there that you don't realize. The reason why they want to go to Montana. Maybe there's missed time with family and that's fleeting. Or they're worried about their own health and getting out of the city life and wanting to get to some peace and quiet. I mean, this is such a random selection, but I mean, really start to think about the things you conflict about and what might be their reasoning behind wherever their perspective is. Now, it's also possible that you reach an impasse. I don't think that, you know, it's very easy to get 100% agreement on everything that you face. But what you can do is you can move forward for now, or you can find a way to make a peace. Maybe that means resolution, or maybe it's a decision to reevaluate later. Hey, is this something that we can address 30 days from now or six months from now? Or maybe it's something where we need to seek help outside of our relationship. Maybe you need to seek answers or strategies to help you move forward. Maybe we need to read something and learn about a topic. Maybe you need to go to therapy. There's so many different ways when you reach an impasse that you can really decide to move forward together or even agree to disagree. But there's no need to have verbal attacking fights with each other. There's no need to hurt the person you love over it. The goal is we want to confirm our love for each other despite our feelings of anger or hurt. So that all sounds simple, right? But with most simple things, it's not easy. It's not easy to do in the moment and with our emotions and our passions are going. It requires a lot of self-awareness and self-control. We have to set aside our ego, our instincts of self-preservation and defensiveness. This allows the walls to come down, you can communicate more clearly, and you can understand each other. I really, really believe that things unsaid or miscommunicated are the number one source of conflict in relationships. Now, I have no sourcing on that. That is my personal belief. But I think that a lot of theorists may agree with me that sometimes we just aren't clear on what we want or we're not communicating it clearly to our partner. We may not feel safe to feel the way we feel or share. So we create our own stories or context about the other person. We arm up. Just like with my husband coming home. Before he even came home, I was convinced he didn't want to be home with us. I was convinced, you know, he just didn't want to hang out with the kids and wanted to stay at work and because that's easier that he didn't care about me enough to come home. And none of that was true. None of it was. But it was all things that I had armed up in my head because I wasn't ready to tell him how I was really feeling and how I was really struggling. I think another way to implement this is if you're struggling, to literally take a time out. Ask for a moment. Step away. 
If you're a person of faith or spirituality, you can use this moment as prayer. You can use it as a mantra up to God or the universe or to yourself, whatever works. You can just lift it up and say, universe, remind me and my partner that I am for them. I am for them as you are for me. God, the universe is for me, not against me. And I am for my partner, not against them. My goal is love. Some of you may think that this is kind of silly or woo-woo to do that in the moment, but I really want you to try it. Whether you say it inside yourself, whether you take a step away and you say it out loud, however you can pivot and shift how you're approaching that conversation, that conflict in the moment. I really, really, really think you'll start to notice a difference when you look at your partner and you're like, gosh, I'm so angry right now. I cannot believe you forgot to pick up diapers again. Why don't you pay attention? Why don't you listen to me? And just look at them and go, oh, I am for you. I love you. Maybe we can download an app to keep track of the lists and send reminders. And I know you're really busy with work. Like, let's just use an app to track this so I'm not mad at you and you're not forgetting and we just take care of the problem together. So I hope you've enjoyed this. What's awesome is you can apply it across the board. It definitely works with kids, but I think it also applies to friendships, other family members, you know, relationships with your parents or siblings. I really invite you to try this and let me know what you think. Check out the show notes. Jump on the comment boards at www nancyelizabeth.com or if you want to connect on Instagram you can find us at hello Nancy Elizabeth I'm over there all the time and would love to connect with you if you're interested in what we're talking about and you want to hear more please hit the subscribe button share it with a friend and of course if you can leave a review that is so helpful for us thank you so much for listening I hope you have a great day 